Welcome on back everybody to what is currently called the Making Permaculture Stronger podcast, hosted by a person who is currently named Dan Palmer. Now the Dan Palmer name is probably going to stick around, however I said currently with regard to Making Permaculture Stronger because a name change is on the horizon. Making Permaculture Stronger has served a great purpose and its use-by date is approaching. I mention this because while I have a few possible alternative future names in mind, I don't want to tell you any of them because I'd like to invite you, my lovely listeners, to help me out. If you sit with what for you is the essence, the, the underlying uniqueness or being of this podcast... What potential name or title arises for you? It's time for this thing to grow uh, away from the the focus and the energies of the of the word making permaculture stronger. And to let you know, the new title does not necessarily need to include the word permaculture. Now, I'm going to say a little bit about today's fabulous guest shortly. Before that, there's a couple of uh, things I want to share. The first one is that if any of you are interested in the topic of holistic decision-making, there are spaces on an online course I'm running on the topic. runs over six weeks, starting February 27th. And holistic decision-making is a whole-oriented approach to you guessed it, making decisions. There's past episodes where we explore it, and it's very much about proactively making the time and, and focusing the energy and life force and attention to articulate, to get deeply in touch with what it is that brings you most alive, what your core values are, what the core intention of your projects is, um, what what is mo- most supremely important to you in your life on your terms in ways that resonate with and for you, and not only your mind, but your, your whole whole system, your, your body and your heart. And then keeping that proactive energy moving to start noticing where in your life you're aligned with these underlying qualities or values and where you're not toward making decisions day by day, moment by moment, that increase the alignment that increase your aliveness and the extent to which you feel like you're on your cutting edge and expressing your potential and flowing your power and beauty and being into the world. So if you're interested, check that out at holisticdecisionmaking.org. I, I really love the process of holding space and acting as a, as a river guide for these courses. My experience of them is always they're deep, they're impactful, and it's, it's a joy to drop in to those spaces with folk and um, many of them have continued after the course to become part of a practice guild who meet regularly interchange regularly and we're starting to have pop-up events in a week or so bill reed is joining us to lead a session on articulating the essence of holistic decision making on the online course front there's also a brand new course on the topic of living design process which is really my passion and where all this work is pointing to give you another hint regarding the title and living design process is, is really an exploration into the question of what would it mean if our processes of design and creation were themselves alive and were all about falling into the unknown 
and supporting the emergence, the the budding, the um, the revealing and unfolding and birthing of incredibly adapted and alive and beautiful whole outcomes in which we are able to relax and let go a lot a lot of the unconscious attachments and, and mechanical ideas about process um, and, and this will be a, a deep exploration of both the theory and practice where people will be supported to apply living design process to a landscape or to a business or to their family or to whatever they choose um, as we go along find out more about that at the brand new version of the website at livingdesignprocess.org i'd love any feedback you have on that also okay so today i have a conversation i'm sharing a conversation with eloisa lewis and you'll hear about how this conversation came to be shortly um, as, I, as i tell her about it uh, i want to mention how delightful it was to engage with with eloisa I, there's there's a phrase on her website talking about how she's into non-standard solutions and my misgivings about the word solution aside it was such a non-standard conversation like I, I, it just took so many unexpected turns for me which was such a great sign uh, it meant that it was really fresh and alive I, I went into it as I love to do with with zero um, pre-formatted questions or any kind of plan aside from diving into Alois's world and, and, and navigating to places of, of mutual interest and it was such a such a delight you know I, I, Aloisa struck me and I'm sure she'll strike you with such a uniqueness such a non-standard way of being uh, an, an undercutting of so many of the pigeonholes we can well I at least can unconsciously be putting people into so in a way my experience of, of getting to know Aloisa was like the whole the whole rack of pigeonholes was just crumbling and and it was it was so exciting and um, I'm really excited to continue the conversation and part of what happened in the conversation is I, I started to dance to the edge of agreement and start to enter this more dangerous space of disagreeing and exploring tensions and and then it came out towards the end of the conversation that Aloisa is so up for that sort of thing has had a lot of experience in debating and so on as well as as um, logic and I'm, I'm really excited to to bring in future conversations to bring some of the stuff I'm exploring to Eloisa um, for for her critical appraisal and exploration. So enjoy the conversation. Find out more about Eloisa at newclimateculture.com. And stay in touch. Leave a comment. Sign up to an online course. Let me know how this is landing for you, and and please participate in the in the shifting energies, not just with the title, but in the focus of this podcast i'd love also to hear from you where 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 you feel the cutting edge of making of this project's potential is and what you would what would bring you more alive and 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 support you more and flow more value into your life your work your world your endeavors i want to hear it i want to hear it i want to share the story of how this podcast came to be i received lots of lovely messages in my inbox that come through the the Making Permaculture Stronger blog and podcast contact page. And one of those messages, uh, I forget the woman's name. It was a lovely, enthusiastic message sharing gratitude for the show. And and it mentioned some of the episodes with Carol Sanford. She took the time to also thank me strongly for, for my podcast with Aloisa Lewis, <laughs> which I immediately <laughs> recognized as someone I had not had on the podcast. And afterwards, I had a look and found that you'd been on the Permaculture podcast. So I assume they'd kind of gotten tangled up in their mind and the reason she thanked me for this podcast that I didn't have with you was that as a result of that she'd contacted you 
and you, I think you'd come and done a workshop that they were grateful for. And so she had mistakenly was thanking me for, for being the seed of that. And so I had the impulse. I had a quick look at your website. There wasn't a lot there, but I got enough resonance to think, well, let's do it. I'll, I'll, let's, let's invite you on the show. And so that was, that was the scene. Wow. Wow. That is so cool. I think that's just amazing. Yeah. The, the universe called it in. I didn't have to do anything. Me neither, apparently. <laughs> and from the little taste or hint I got, I got, I got the, as much as your interest and, and passion for regeneration, that you work with permaculture, you're a permaculture consultant, also that you have an interest in the social sphere, the social aspect, working with people. And I mean, that, that alone was enough for me to sense resonance with. And so I've invited you here today with the purpose of, of getting to know you, inviting your energy into the space of this show. And I'm, I'm also excited to navigate, see what emerges and, and, and kind of follow the energy and navigate toward what I sense will be some spaces of overlap in our, in our passions and in our, in our interests and in our quests and questions and what's um, lighting us up at the moment. So that's really the DNA for the chat. If you're happy to really introduce yourself, say a little bit about your story and then and bring the focus to your relationship with permaculture and, and what's turning you on or what's firing you up in that space currently, that'd be a great place to start. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, I love a, a good casual conversation um, that can just kind of emerge, like you said. So that's, that's wonderful that that's the style that you are hosting and holding space for. Yeah, so let's see. Uh, I am a permaculture consultant and um, I finished my permaculture certification in 2019, so not too long ago. Before that, I got a degree in philosophy and I was really focused on uh, cognitive sciences and philosophy. So looking at systems in the brain and lifestyles that would create regeneration in the brain. That was originally what I was in school studying. I was very interested in neuroplasticity and I loved math and AI. So I was studying artificial intelligence and reverse engineering the brain and neuroplasticity. Those were kind of my core centers of what I was doing through philosophy with logic and math and, and computing and through the study of the brain and some extracurriculars I took an astrobiology course I started to realize how important the environment was for the mind and I think you know I always ha had a conception of this um, the way that sort of that nature versus nurture that very much I saw all my life that the environment that someone grew up in, not just socially, but um, uh, more in terms of their ecosystem was affecting, you know, their future health and their genetic expression. And um, of course, like their, their quality of life. So that I then, and then I got a random job working for a permaculture designer while I was still in school studying all this. And I was a personal assistant to a local permaculture designer and that was when the the permaculture seed was planted and I got the fever I would say um, as soon as I started doing this work um, as a student and uh, understanding what permaculture was through the eyes of this mentor I um, pivoted all my studies and my focus to decentralization and open source and climate science because I just realized that that's where my passions were turning and that's how my path was diverting and taking me into a new arena that I hadn't 
anticipated. And so that was back in 2012 was when I first discovered permaculture. So I was doing permaculture long before I became certified as a designer. Um, Cause I just didn't, uh, I just want, I was just organically going through life, meeting other permaculture designers and working for them. Cause I knew it's where I wanted to be, but I, I don't uh, necessarily, you know, you can do great things in permaculture without ever being certified. And that's just a fact. Um, so I was doing yeah, permaculture for, for many years with friends and um, colleagues and uh, just building out gardens and growing food and living on communes, traveling, um, living very low impact was always my, um, my favorite, uh, was to just be as low impact as possible um, in my own unique way and continue to study the climate science and the permaculture in tandem. Um, and eventually I realized that I really wanted to open my own business. And that was when I decided to get certified. Um, back in 2018, I made that decision. And then I went to San Francisco to study permaculture at the San Francisco Institute uh, Urban of Urban Permaculture. And uh, I just had a, a fantastic um, life-changing time at this school with this program because um, the, the director of the program and the main teacher is Kevin Bayuk of Project Drawdown. And Project Drawdown is one of the most important initiatives to reverse global warming on the planet. So I just happened to land into this incredible um, educational space that is unparalleled from any, anything else I've seen just because of Kevin's unique expertise and um, passion. And his the way he set up the school is really inclusive. It's really um, cutting edge. And yeah, and then I got certified and now it's three years later and I'm very grateful for this journey and for what I've achieved with my business um, and what I hope to achieve in the future is just um, is ambitious and bold and probably um, audacious, but I'm that way. So I'm excited to be challenged and um, try to try to accomplish some great things with with permaculture science since I I think it's really special and really unique and the world needs much more of it. Beautiful. That was perfect. Thank you so much. And and lovely to tune into these these flavors. So a, a, a few, a few, I'm really curious, a few questions arise from what you've shared already. One is whether there's anything from your work on, on, on the regeneration of the brain and neuroplasticity. Is there anything that's carried through, like any principle or anything like that, that you feel <laughs> goes across to ecosystems? I mean, they may not yes. be, I'm curious. Yes. Yeah, no, totally. There's so many analogs, right? There's just so many patterns that, yeah. that are consistent throughout. And as far as the what I learned about neuroplasticity and prepping that I mean diet is such a big part of it right and when you're studying the diet of course that's going back to what you're eating and where it's coming from and being educated about the plants that we're growing and the medicine that they provide being invested and interested in the biodiversity that supports them 
Um, and of course, the, the accessibility to these medicines is so important to me because you know, neuroplasticity means it's the ability for the brain to create new neural connections and repair damaged ones. And that's so important because that's, a, that's an analog, that's a metaphor for the ability to adapt, the ability to learn, the ability to complex problem solve, the ability to create new narratives and complexity. Um, in the brain. So these are all things that are the creativity of the brain and the ability of it to, to form new connections to repair damaged things is what uh, is the foundation of, of mental health and mental clarity and um, education. And so I think that what carried with me into permaculture from the brain in particular was the social permaculture aspect because the lifestyle of permaculture isn't, it's not just um, uh, regenerative agriculture. It's also regenerative holistically. It's about regenerative um, civilizations and regenerative, um, like again, like a, a regenerative mind, a neuroplastic mind and the accessibility is so important. That's the social side, making sure that people um, can access healthy food and uh, that that then they're educated about what the food has within it, so that they can feed everyone can feed their body according to their body's unique needs and deficiencies and genetics. And then um, the education side of things, uh, it's just so important to recognize that. We all learn differently in, in different ways through different mediums in different languages. And uh, so on the social permaculture side as well, I just really, in my work, when I do delve into more social workshops or presentations or demonstrations, it's so important that for me that we like include multiple perspectives and that we value the diver diversity of opinion and diversity of method. Like I always say, there's many ways to cook an egg. That's one of my favorite things to say um, as an educator, because uh, I'd rather have someone, I'd rather have a group present multiple options for solutions than just um, put all of our eggs in one basket again, as they say. And then, um, and that's just a core, that's again, that's a permaculture principle is valuing diversity and um, decentralizing. So yeah, with, with education, we, we have to value that, that people learn differently than us and value things differently than, you know, our own individual or cultural narratives. And that's okay. And that's, that's actually beautiful and valuable instead of something scary or challenging. It's it's something that we should cherish and um, understand more deeply and um, work with because it's it's actually just natural. It's it's emergent. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Maybe we can come back. I'm curious to explore the, to dive into the this question of what is regeneration and maybe the difference between regeneration and generation, and, and a few of the other things you said. I, I also had the impulse to ask, you talked about, use that phrase that is familiar to a lot of us after a permaculture design course or some such. Um, of, you caught the fever and then later you talked about the life-changing experience you had with Kevin. Could you, could you speak to, you know, like 
what 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 was that? What's the fever? What's underlying that? What's the what's the kind of kernel of of the fever? Was it was it like an insight or a realization or a general? Can you just speak to what that what was happening with that? How how you how you would um, describe that? And also the fever, yeah, yeah, the fever, the, the fever, that, that sense of oh my god, there's a single permaculture in it. It, 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 it's what it was you know what's the next bit for you yeah 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 so um I guess I mean before I went to school I had the fever but I think that the school really helped me because before I went to permaculture school I was working with people who were like permaculture enthusiasts and and amateur and citizen scientists and that was great I got so much education like you know there's nothing like raw experience right there's nothing like being outside in a yard digging holes and trenches or swales and figuring it out <laughs> invaluable but the thing about going to school with Kevin and going into a program like that was that it was um there was knowledge gaps things I would have never thought of that he was able to bring to my attention because it was a part of this built curriculum you know that has um, existed for a few decades and it's part of this um more just a more holistic approach it's a holistic approach to, to learning and permaculture to sit down with someone who's teaching a full it was an 80 I believe it was like an 85 hour course 82 hour course something like that and um, we went to demonstration sites and that was great too just to get more diversity of experience and see how people were doing it in ways that I wouldn't necessarily think to do myself and to go with other people who are on the same page as me who want to make a life and a career out of this work so it's great to be with core cohorts like that who are you know everyone's got this uh passion together and and it's it's even better like that and um it just took everything to the next level it just took everything into deeper context, gave me more resources because Kevin introduced us to so many different organizations that existed that were doing fabulous things with uh, with mushrooms or with a bamboo or with um, diverting water uh, into catchments so that um, it wouldn't be flooding the there wouldn't be issues with flooding from the increase in the sea level water rising over there in California and so I got to just I, I got to be in a lab of permaculture that was very structured and I'm someone who's very unstructured learner but every once in a while it's super important to you know again to learn in a way that maybe that I wouldn't have necessarily wanted to but I saw the value in it and then once I joined and I was a little bit uncomfortable to be in this structured setting again because I'm very anti-institution but to be back in a structured setting where people and into in a kind of institution and institute um that had the same values of me it, it really it really um gave me faith and gave me uh a great experience um and just showed me that there's people out there like me who are just as passionate, just as interested working just as hard. And that's something that I need. I, I think that a lot of us need is like, it's helps. It helps when you, you don't feel alone because sometimes it can be very lonely um, work depending on where you live in the world and where you come from and the culture that immediately surrounds you. It can be very lonely to 
um, care so much about permaculture when it's not really a word that has breached pop culture yet. Yeah, you nicely put that, that. That landed for me the energy that as you finished there of it's almost like this is a thing, you know. This this is this is an actual manifestation of or something that is doable because it's happening and I'm seeing it happen. And it's about um, like turning away from the insanity of a self-terminating civilization or whatever. And yeah, and, and there's a space for that. Thank you. Yeah. Are you are you game to you can tell me if this isn't a fair question, but are you game to give me a a, a, def, not a, a definition or a, a nutshell version of like you know someone says so this permaculture stuff what is it you know what 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 is it, what is it in thirty seconds what is it for you what's, what's, the, essence of, what's the essence of permaculture seconds so the essence of permaculture I mean the essence is a circle that's what I'd say. I would draw a circle on a piece of paper mm -hmm. and I would say that's the essence of permaculture <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, it's a circle. Everything is about the circularity of systems mm -hmm. and closing the loop. And first of all, if the loop wasn't closed already, that was just a mistake of understanding. The loop is, the loop is closed. Like we live more or less, you know, on a contained earth ship, spaceship planet where um, we're recycling, we're, we're just, we're working on uh, the nature of, 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 of our biological existence rests on, on the recycling of, of energy and matter. And so that is why I think a circle is really poignant because um, a circle is just a perfect metaphor for so much within permaculture and how we're, and what the basis of our design function is and what, what inspires me. Like I always think about circles to inspire me because I like to teach in circles. I like to sit in circles. Um, I like to, uh, I like that circles have infinite points in them um, and infinite angles and, and infinite um, uh, structures that you can build within them because of the infinite points mm -hmm. and it's just a it's just it's fabulous in that way i think about how like we can all be together in a circle because um because again of that infinite nature but we're all together because we're connected and, and it's uh there's this harmony to a circle like there's no beginning and there's no end right and um and it kind of represents a cycle itself and and permaculture and patterns are about recognizing these cycles so that we can address them and work with them as allies. These cycles and this information in nature itself is, is an ally instead of this. Um, sometimes humans have seen nature as something that we're battling against or that is separate from us or that we should become more separate from it so that we can elevate beyond it. And there's this romanticism to that way of thinking, but um, no, like the, the permaculture approach <laughs> and understanding is that we are a part of nature and nature is our greatest teacher and ally. And that when we, when we treat um, the natural cycles and systems as, as our teachers, then that's when we're really, we're really going to thrive and we're going to take that information as meaningful and we're not trying to overcome it. We're not trying to control it. We're not trying to enslave it or exploit it or extract from it merely where we're again, we're recognizing the cyclical nature, the cycle of nature and that we are simply uh, borrowing, borrowing um, material and energy for our, our time within mm -hmm. it. 
I'm getting an image of like a, I don't know, a permaculture class or something starting and you you have everyone sitting in a circle and then you, you draw a circle in the middle <laughs> and you say, welcome right. to the circle, that's it. Yes, Or actually it's almost like the, the, door, the doorway to the learning space is a circle and people, um, and, and there's something that resonates Brilliant. in that for me as well. I mean, it can go in a lot of directions, but certainly the, um, this, it does feel to me that there's something core in that, in that distinction between the straight lines, the linear flows that, that dominate so much of modern civilization and the cyclical even flow of, of ecological systems. One thing I wanted to, to make like a, a side note on is I have a lot of respect for Buckminster Fuller's stuff. But one thing I, that doesn't, that grates a bit is, is the spaceship Earth thing. Because on the one hand, we talk about spaceship Earth. Um, and then on the other hand, we talk, you said we're a part of nature, which for me, you know, we're an aspect of, of Gaia, of, of the larger living systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Earth is a spaceship, then which is a machine, then we're part of a, a part of a machine. Um, sure, sure. You know, like there's a the nature is is both like chaotic and mechanical. So I think that I I never want to say like a machine is not part of nature too, because there are mechanical aspects to nature. It's really again, nature is diverse. Nature is so diverse that one thing might look like the opposite and still be contained within it. And um, yeah, like I, I think that when I think of a spaceship, I, I can still think of a spaceship as a living organism. I don't think that um, it's necessarily like, I think that this, the spaceships that humans have built are, are based off of more simplistic mechanical principles than the, than the earth that we live on. You know, the earth that we live on is so intelligent and so um, powerful in ways that we really we couldn't be we we are so limited to our so the nature of how we are contained and how we um manifest physically and and mentally like i I can't compete with what a mountain can do you know a mountain can hold space for biodiversity in its body in its form in its concept that i could i could never Mm. and um yeah i think that i i do understand that the idea of like a machine and it's kind of like this cold element, but I think that's really um, just because we've been using these mechanical principles, we've been using technology in, in kind of a cold, impersonalized way. But when we're using it in like a warm, humanistic, um, you know, technology using technology for our benefit and to work as an ally, again, as an ally with nature, as a part of nature, recognizing that nature is what informs all of our mechanical aspects and creations then i think that we come back into harmony um conceptually we have come back into conceptual harmony with like this idea that that um even things that are machines can be organic like a human is a machine in a sense um but it's it's chaotic it's a it's more chaotic to to program (laughs) than than a computer but that chaos is part of what's making us so strong and what makes nature so strong because the chaos is where um that there's just more opportunity for genetic diversity and biological diversity in chaos it's kind of like the primordial slime idea of just like where where things are um floating around and mating and um 
acting according to their own free will instead of like a like a pyramid uh, order from the top down or from like a singular authority, we see like this beautiful, we see creative things emerge in any system where we allow um, sometimes a little bit more chaos in, which is part of why I preferred to study permaculture outside of school for a long time was because I loved the unstructured aspect of it and that I got to find out about myself first and who I was before I went somewhere and had people tell me who I was and how I was going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a part of me, it'd be great to have your input on this decision. There's a part of me, this is, this is a live topic for me at the moment. I've been having a lot of conversations about the, the machine and the mechanical worldview. And, um, and so there's a part of me that wants to explore that more. And, and then I'm also, there's another part of me that's really, and it, and it could come back in that context is to move towards permaculture design and to, to hear from you about your experiences with design and what design is. Do you, do you have a bit more energy for the, this mechanical stuff or the machines <laughs> or would you, do you um, feel like you'd like to keep moving? We park that for now. Um, let me think for a moment. Um, I, mean, I could tell you the question uh, I had. Sure. Yeah, which, because you, you said that there's a sense in which a, us as you know, a human organism is a machine, which, yeah. which I disagree with, or, or I feel like I, I, I notice resistance to. Oh, sure. And so I'm, I'm yeah, curious let's get into it. if yeah. you're happy to explore it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I can. Yeah. It's simple. It's really simple. You know, like yeah. um, I'll tell you, because I have this degree in philosophy, so I I <laughs> can get really abstract and really theoretical really quickly. Um, well, so, so can I. So let's be careful. Let's guard. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah, let's yeah. each other. I'm quite side of the line. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. So it can get some to simplify as much as possible. Yeah. Like people, as a moral philosopher, and when I talk about things like you know, I think something's good or something's bad, and and sometimes I get pushback. Like, well, uh, it's not objective. It's like that's fair. That's fair. But I, when I mean like machine, I mean if I don't give a human water, they're going. It's gonna, they're going to suffer. The hu the human machine will suffer if I don't give them water. If I don't give them clean air. If I don't give them uh nutrient filled food if i don't what is using the so, word machine add to that description i'm you know because to me a machine is is this i think it connects us you know i i don't okay. want to disconnect myself from machines because i see the value in them i see the value in technology and i i see i see the value in 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 machines themselves and that's the thing is i don't want to make them other i don't want to make them enemy i don't want to make them other i see what i see understand like what programming is right like we're we have um code as well we have genetic code and um and so things are encoded things are encoded in this universe with information and with uh within some kind of constraint of again more chaotic rules or less chaotic rules more order or less more order or more chaos mm -hmm. and it's along these spectrums um and so yeah i don't know if i'm like necessarily adding like like so much richness to, to any particular conversation because everyone's different so mm -hmm. someone who really resonates with analytic thinking and is really regimented and really linear in their thinking might be might resonate more with me being like oh you know yes like the nature is chaotic but it's also mechanical and then that's it that's a way for them to enter into the conversation because i can approach it from that i can cater to the analytic mindset and the logic and the logic that they need and the language they need to interpret um 
what what biology is doing and then there's people who are less analytic and more coming at it from a more creative artistic side and then I can throw the machine talk out the window (laughs) and I can say I'm an energy I'm just an energy and that's all it is and and or I'm a I'm a spirit I'm a soul and those people are going to resonate and then I've invited the door open for them and now everybody's sitting at the table and I think everyone's valuable and I think that uh, these words are really just poetry and so my poetry doesn't have to resonate with everyone. It's just, it, it's just serving that function for me, really. It's the language is serving the function of like connection. And so when I say machine, I just want to be connected to the technology and value it because I know that some people rely, people who are especially differently abled or neurodivergent rely on technology in a way that my body doesn't need to. And so I don't want to say, like some people feel like that they're prosthetic or that their wheelchair, which is a form of technology or machine, mm. um, is a part of who they are and a part of their body. And they have a metaphysical connection to it. And yeah, you know, that's, that's helpful to, to share that. You know, yeah. Yeah, imaging someone, you know, let's, you know, you're in a wheelchair, you need um, a lift to get upstairs in your house. You have a pacemaker, you have some yeah. metal screws in your broken arm. Um, yeah. that it could be discussed in a way it was like, hang on, you're telling me all these integral parts of myself are, uh, are these bad machines, something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, what's coming up for me is that for me, I'm, I'm quite um, personally have a fierce commitment to um, holding a distinction, not, a, not an othering, not a separation, you know, completely honoring the, the positive and for me, the negative aspects of, of machines and technology in our life. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I love my solar electric solar system it's a beautiful machine um but but having a distinction between that that doesn't correlate with the distinction between logical analytical and more you know loose hippy kind of soul soul stuff that I'm, I'm excited to be exploring ways of talking about what a living organism is or i could say either to, to me that's a tautology but um that can be super rigorous super logical super analytical as well as these other flavors without ne- needing to to lean on Let, let's use this metaphor of a machine to understand it so it's, it's really and i appreciate what what you've shared as well that's that's really yeah i would consider that like an aesthetic like i mean we could always get down into like definite defining the terms and then we'll find out um, if there's like a t- contradiction in the definition or problem in the de- definition of the terms, but I do view it just from what we've talked about as, yeah, it's like kind of an aesthetic artistic difference in c- communication about it, because I do think that, yeah, like there, what, what qualifies as a machine, it's very, it's very loose as a definition. Um, and in that way, when it's, when it, that's when it's useful for me is when I'm not, when I'm thinking of it as again, a kind of like a, a, a tool as a metaphor. Mm, yeah yeah cool interesting well let's park that one there I, I would be up for that by the way sometime doing that i think we have a lot of fun yeah, yeah i yeah, think we'd have yeah. a lot of fun it is so much fun this is the questions and the definitions and the history and i'm, I'm writing a series right. of articles currently about the the rise or the, the the origins of a mechanical worldview and how that um how that is um becomes so core to who we are and how we think and and for me in particular how how we design, which I want to come to. One thing that was arising for me first is, is um, in some of the language you've used, you talked about your interest in low impact, low impact living and in, in, in Kevin's, your, your residence with Kevin's work on reversing climate change. Um, when you talked about the brain, you talked about how one of your interests is how, how 
that neuroplasticity plasticity and so on re reverses or repairs damaged things. And um, so there the common theme is this idea of arresting disorder or, or you know, kind of limiting bad. Um, and then on the other hand, when you talked about permaculture, you talked about how excited you are by it, how enlivened you are by it and how relevant you see it. And since, and what, what I was hearing behind that was you would actually, oh, then you said that you, you're, you're, you're audacious, you're ambitious, you're, I love that, you're bold. And none <laughs> yeah. of those words, they don't smell like low impact to me. So, so I just wanted to kind of, yeah, just to share that reflection that clearly part of what you're about is high impact. And it's more about the, the nature of the impact um, than, yeah. than, than low yeah. impact per se. Well, I was living, I was, I was living low impact because I was living, you know, with a compost toilet, uh -huh. with a compost uh, pile with locally sourced water on the land and uh, minimal electricity and mostly, you know, cooking a, a cast iron, uh, not cast iron, uh, wood fired stove and that yeah. sort of thing. So that's what I mean, right? And I was not traveling so much and all that. And so, yeah, I was, I was really interested in low impact lifestyle for many years. I even, you know, I was an avid dumpster diver <laughs> as well. Um, but then I, I'm, I am an ambitious person. Like I, I went and studied at uh, ambitious schools and I, and I have kind of this very curious, very driven brain that I've carried around with me. And, um, and it just bothers me that I look around at the world and I see after you, after you go to school, especially and being with Kevin and, and being introduced to all these concepts and all these people who are out there building businesses and building institutions and building um, demonstration sites that are world-class and that are pushing the science forward and pushing the industry, pushing industry itself forward, right? Like holding industry accountable, but also offering solutions to industry. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I was fueled. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to switch from being someone who basically, you know, grows plants and sells them for money and eats my own food. And I'm going to learn what business is, what, what's, what's economics and what's business and um, how do I build a, a legacy in that space, even though I don't subscribe to um, the lots of the values that are based in this economic system at large, I still saw like the trans the, necess the necessity of the transition. And so I just wanted to be a part uh, of someone who was ready and available with, with free hands and open mind to help carry the load. Um, that is the, the transformation of civilization. And yeah, I'm, I'm ambitious because I think that I'm, uh, I think my philosophy degree is what made me particularly ambitious because I studied logic so fervently and avidly and I love logic so much. Like I'm a logic geek. I think that that's the, the foundation of all my interests is like, what's a well-founded argument? And that's why okay. permaculture is so, so great because yeah, permaculture yeah. is a very well-founded uh, <laughs> system and, and set of arguments. And that's why it was like, you know, that's the aha moment. That's the fever. Cause it's like, it's like you're, you're sniffing around for something and then you finally you you sniff the truffle out and 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 you've got it and then and and it's just there's nothing like that feeling of of the yeah, discovery yeah. of of that's what I was looking for that's what I've that's what that's the name the name is is finally uh, attached to that that feeling and that that desire and yes yeah. yes it's congealed into something that I can that has there's a placeholder for it 
Right. Um, There's other people converging on the same issues with the yeah, same yeah, conclusions. Totally. Hey, I, I, yeah. do, I do have to pull you up. You said, carry, you, you said these words, Eloisa, and then your whole mm -hmm. energy is contradicting them. You said, carry the burden of transforming civilization. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, um, the weight. Maybe not the burden, but well, the weight. Certainly. Well, I, I would, the energy I was getting from you was like cherishing the challenge or, um, you know, like um, celebrating the possibility of participating in that. Um, you know, sure, yeah, it's it is a challenge. It is a weight, um, but the, the 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 joy and the boldness of what you're taking on had a different taste to me. And I'd love to, I'd love to invite that into. The it's space all there. Now. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm a person of complexity. Like some days yeah. I'm sad, some days I'm happy, some days I'm angry, some days I'm not. It's just the way. Yes. It's all here. Beautiful. <laughs> it's all so here and it's all welcome. Same yeah. for me. Um, would would you be up for speaking into the space of of you know what? Your, your quest, your question, your, your, what it is, what is the focus of this ambitious, bold, audacious energy? This, this, um, um, you know, how have you describe it? You know, this, this, this adventure you're on, how, how would you, uh, where, where sure. are you, where are you wanting to take it? What, what is, tell me about this legacy sure. you spoke of. What, yeah. What's... Like, um, I can tell you about some clients I have right now and what I'm doing Do with it. them. That's Great. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm consulting for a blockchain um, crypto token right now um, that is going to help people invest directly into regeneration and drawdown, greenhouse gas drawdown from the atmosphere. So what my work is, this, this, um, this engineer who wrote the blockchain found uh, or posted online looking for someone who is an environmental consultant. And um, because of my personal background, experience, research, I reached out to them and um, offered a proposal to help them and how I would do it and um, through a permaculture lens and uh, because they don't have any, they don't have any background in environmental sciences. They only, um, they only work within this incredible technology and mathematics. And so I wanted to help make sure that when they were making claims about where the the money would or the the value the currency would um would go as part of this uh philanthropic solution i wanted to make sure that um i wanted to be there i wanted to be someone who was making sure that it's actually having the impact that is being claimed because of course there's a lot of disconnection and greenwashing that happens in the corporate space um and there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of um, just the accounting, the yeah, accounting well, for carbon. Lack of integrity, sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah lack of integrity and, and lack of understanding. So, yeah. so in that, I wanted to, I wanted to um, let my client know that I'm someone who's like always updating my research and challenging myself to be better and that I wanted to be transparent so that they could track everything that I'm doing and that not just they could track it, but of course, and the people using the, the crypto token and the currency could also track it. So everything is transparent and open source, just like how I personally like it. And um, and yeah, that's exciting and ambitious for me because I, I don't think that, um, 
I had never heard of this type of work being done by a permaculture consultant before, uh, even though I had seen many, many, many other types of work being done in the permaculture realm. Um, consulting for a blockchain was not, not something that had been on my radar before. And so I just wanted to try it out and see if it would work for me. And I'm interested in it. I'm interested in blockchain. I'm interested in crypto. And it, it's been working. It's great. And now we have a couple partnerships with some great people like uh William Padilla Brown of Mycosymbiotics. He's one of the most interesting mycologists in the US today. And we also have a partnership with the Climate Foundation, um, Dr. Brian Van Herzen, who is doing incredible permaculture demonstrations with kelp in the Philippines. So that's what I kind of mean by, uh, I guess, ambitious is just, I wanna work with the best of the best and I want to be an example of uh, what best practices are. And I know that that also means that I have to hold myself accountable to be continuously improving and researching because the methods are are growing right under our feet and changing, you know, as the data uh, emerges from from the testing. So, yeah. So, yeah, I get the impression that like, rather than following best practices, you're you're kind of generating them or they're emerging. People, people, people maybe that follow will be, oh, right, there's a best practice, we, you know, the next blockchain endeavor that wants to do something similar. This is, this is yeah. Exciting. Yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to. If you, I have to get links to all these people you're mentioning. I mean, maybe we can do that by email later or whatever. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I don't think I mentioned too when you mentioned your, you know, the you love the logic, you love the propositional logic and the argumentation and stuff. I, I was excited to hear that, and um, it makes me want to stay in touch because I'm, I'm a lot of my work is around that my work in permaculture, which is about regenerating permaculture and keeping it mm. alive and evolving and, and you know, a lot of these things you've been expressing. Um, while the time's flying by, I'd love, I'd love to get into the topic of, of um, design process. You know what, uh, I'm sure we agree that design is a core aspect of permaculture. And as a permaculture consultant, you're, I would, it seems clear that you're involved in design process and you've learned about design process. I'd love to hear any, you know, how, how you how you language that, how you what your poetry around permaculture design processes as a process, mm. what it looks and feels like for you. Anything you could say on that would be really really welcome. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, as far as the logic goes, and and you know, our pa- our mutual passion for um, for for logic and for problem solving. Uh, feel free. Uh, we can have many conversations uh, recorded or, or otherwise, uh, please reach out to me. This is, uh, this is just, yeah, this is the richness of life. This is the, the best things of life. So please. And then um, let's see, the second part was, uh, what was this question again? Des- what's design process? Tell me oh, the design process. Right. Okay. I'm a, I would say that I'm a project manager. Like I love that language. Like I manage projects, I create systems and then I either pass them on to other people to manage or I like maintain management over them. And um, I use this software. I've used so many softwares for, um, for containing my project management, but I have to say that, uh, you know, this isn't a sponsored statement or anything, but I really, really have fallen in love with this uh, software called Notion. And I would highly recommend it to anyone who would like to 
organize their thoughts and their business and their life um, because it's a uh, you can it's free there's like a free version of it where you can do so much and then there's more expansive versions for businesses but um like yeah just using using technology to my advantage to keep my life organized has been the difference between um like very living paycheck to paycheck to being in the position where I am now where I'm able to um live comfortably pay my bills and invest in myself in, in into my businesses because I think that this I never I never went to business school um I'm not a particularly organized person when it comes to the conceptual reality like I think I'm still logical logical and analytic but I think that it's very chaotic in my mind like how I how I um problem solve can can look to people more like an artist than a than a scientist but um yeah using using keeping everything really clear with my calendars keeping everything really clear with my website, my presentations and notion have allowed me to become a more professional designer. And that is the core of my design process is like making sure that when my thoughts are organized, when my projects are organized to the highest degree of clarity, that's what's best for myself and for my clients. So I'm just always trying to simplify and clarify, simplify and clarify as much as possible. And I build um, these like, yeah, these systems or these trees of understanding that I can pass on um, to others that uh, either I've contracted or that, uh, that my client themselves. And um, that's, yeah, that's, that's been the, the core of the design process is just, is keeping, keeping things uh, organized and straight so that I'm not missing mm-hmm. meetings. I'm not missing data. And I'm always like, always going to write down when I have a thought that I think is important, it's going to go into my notes. It's going to go into my notion um, I don't like to let good good ideas like disappear into the ether. So just yeah, keeping track of myself is uh, is is step one. Thank you, thank you. That was that was that was that was like absolutely not in the direction I expected at all, and really rich and fascinating. I, I suspect I'll, there'll be more than me that checks out Notion after this. And and I did love <laughs> you saying simplify and clarify, almost like as an underlying principle: simplify, clarify, simplify, clarify. Yeah. It really resonates yeah. with where the process is alive for me let me let me ask you to come at it from a different perspective which is like in in a lot of permaculture literature the thing that we for me the thing i got the fever about was this, this possibility of uh um of of hu- humans living in a way humans re-nesting themselves or something like that within larger living systems um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a relationship of, of mutual evolution and growth where mm. ne- needs are being met in all directions, something like that, um, which, is, which is like a really exciting and desirable place to head towards. And then the question, the logical question for me is like, well, yes, I'm in. How, how do I get from the self-terminating, deathly boring, alienating, et cetera? Oh, jeez. To that, you know, but, but the, and then the answer that permaculture gives right. is is conscious design process, and then it it lays out yeah. you know a whole lot of them like Dave Jackie's work and Ben Folk's work and and any, most permaculture books will ha- will have a chapter on on design process, and usually it runs something like observe, design, implement, evaluate, something like that. Do mm-hmm. you, do you do you have any do you is that completely flexible for you, or do you have any kind of almost like a, a generic Templates, probably the wrong word, but you know, like a a framework 
for how you, you think about where you, roughly where you start, roughly what you do in the middle, roughly what happens towards the end or anything like that? Um, let's see. I, gosh, I, of course, you know, I study the 12 principles and I think that the 12 principles guide the design process that you mentioned and that's mm -hmm. the, the standard. And so of course, like I integrated that into myself, but it's not like a conscious process that I go through. I don't have a checklist of the 12 principles that I like check off every time I'm, yeah. I'm working on a project at all. No. Um, but I do, I do like refer to it and I'm looking for if there's any like leaks or any missing elements in, in the systems I'm building. And I'm, I, I think that I'm just like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just sort of embodying, I feel like I'm trying to embody the 12 principles. So I'm not always like referring to them because I'm trying to, I'm trying to integrate them so fully that they're, they're sort of self-evident. And I know that that's, that's a lifetime project. So I'm not trying to be like too arrogant there, but um, I do think that I have incorporated it a lot already um, in, you know, it was 2012 that I learned about them. So do you have a favorite? <laughs> do I have a favorite? Um, yeah, I think it's the the valuing diversity and yes, and, I, and, and edges. No, that is. I think that really is it because because I I constantly tell this to my clients that um, like I'm an idea generator, so I'm happy to give them even diversity in myself. Like I want to value diversity myself when I have when I have competing ideas. I want to be able to come to my client with many different options and see what's resonating with them the most, so that we can have a match, so that we can have this this uh yeah like this harmony in our relationship and in our project because i think that there's again many ways to cook an egg i love that statement i just love it and it <laughs> and it helps it just helps so much because it, it takes us out of the the strain and the constraint of like oh no i'm scared is this the best way if it's not if it's not the absolute best way then then it's bad and sometimes that 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 fear comes to me is sort of like uh like they, oh no, if it wasn't done like that, then then the whole thing is we've got to throw it out the window type of thing. But that's exactly what we're trying to not do with permaculture is like valuing um, uh, the feedback and, and restarting. So yeah, I guess the, the diversity captures a lot of the principles for me. I feel like I see things through that lens of diversity mm -hmm. and, of, and of multiple perspectives. And I think that that's where the connecting really happens between between two parts. When the diversity is valued, that means that there's two you know separate identities, but they're they're um, they're both being contained within within value and, and within a system in a way that helps them be equal yeah. or equalized. Have you ever been in a situation where um, just because of the the circumstances, you know, there's constraints in the in the context that it, that it seems like there is one there is there is a best next step to take towards the cooked egg or or does it feel like always in every moment there's a diversity of pathways <laughs> um both i think that i like have a one foot in each mind yeah. uh because i i do often use another phrase i often say is like it's simple math is like well i've got this and then i've got that and then i've got the next and it just seems like it's simple math it's one two three it's in order and it's in line and 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 lots of times uh, things do work out like that and and there's plenty of times when i just simply have to make a split second decision yeah. or i have very little time and and that's the consequence um but i i always try to maintain one hand or one mind or one foot into this realm of uh, of chaos and of of complexity and of possibility, and knowing that even if I don't see multiple solutions in this moment, even if I can't apply multiple <laughs> solutions in this moment, I recognize that there are, and that helps me 
as a student because um, and as a philosopher, because it's that aspect of, of science itself, which is the idea that any given theory that we are holding at any moment can be proven wrong and can be fallible. So don't attach your entire identity to a theory that you're holding, because that's putting all your eggs in one basket. And if that theory starts to crack under the weight of some feedback, then you might have an identity crisis. Yeah. <laughs> you see? So yeah. that's what I mean when I'm saying that I have to keep that one foot into the yeah, chaos yeah. because I, I have to make sure yeah, that I'm not, I'm not putting my identity into any one given theory project or, um, or theme in my life so that if one part does start to break down under, under the pressure of feedback, so, which will force it to then be reprocessed and, and, and reimagined, uh, I can see that as this beautiful creative uh, opportunity instead of something that could be soul crushing to, yes, to many yeah, of no, us. I, I love that. I mean, there's a, that's a whole doorway into a beautiful conversation has how, how we are with so-called breakdowns and, and chaotic um, curveballs and so on. But mm. one thing that was coming up as you were speaking is of course, if you put all your eggs in one basket and they all get cracked, then, then you can't cook an egg, right? You've lost your eggs. Yep. Yep. But I yep. also want to ask if you'd agree with me that, that because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a yes and here. So yes, I think it's so critical to to see through what exists and what seem to be like the the already trodden paths or available solutions into the realm of potential and possibility. And also in the moment, I need to kill the other um, nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Because as I take a step, I actualize one of those. Mm. possibilities mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and so that you know like in the moment this is like this is the thing we're doing and sure it might backfire and we backtrack and so on but but, but in this in this moment these possibilities are collapsing into one actuality and then suddenly a whole new um universe of possibility opens up having taken yeah. that step does that resonate or oh yeah i think that is what so many philosophers and uh and spiritualists uh have have and, and poets have written about is this um, this idea that like once you walk through a doorway, many others are closed, and and then there's new doors that emerge. And yeah, that's just the, that's that is the metaphysical kind of experience of time um, that we have. And yeah, it's just it's I guess you, if you can't like <laughs> it's one of those things where you have to make a choice about your relationship with it and mm -hmm. um and what it's going to do and and i've written a book that i'm i'm releasing another uh, batch of of printing soon and in this book i mention um like life is tremendous and it's terrifying and it's uh wild but it also needs to be saved and for all that, it's it's kind of regardless of your opinion of it, and that's something that um, that I think has been useful for me because it makes me more brave. Like it reminds me that um, regardless of how scared I am, like life will march forward as it does. And so if I have any, if I'm going to contribute to that or have any say in, in my own fate and destiny, I have to recognize that yes. I am scared. Yes, it is difficult. Yes, mistakes will be made. Yes, it will be messy. However, um, that can't be the reason that I stop trying to do to achieve something uh, that's harmonious and balanced and 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 yeah. achieving and achieving these goals. Oh, far out. I'm, I'm speaking about doors. I'm 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 like I've got fifty doors that are open in front of me right now, and you've had a long day with lots of calls. 
and I, I don't I don't want to stop yet. I'm not. I want to keep going. <laughs> so many doors. <laughs> um, and I like so one of those doors is this this. Well, actually, the, this leads me into if you let me have at least one last question for you. Um, sure. You mentioned uh, feeling there, and, and particularly in fear. You know, I'm, I'm feeling fear. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know if it's going to backfire. You know, there's chaos, there's yeah. uncertainty and so on. And yet I'm not going to let that shut me down. I'm going to move forward through the fear. And in my experience, yeah. as, I, as I, I'm doing a lot of feelings work lately, discovering that fear is like the archetypal fuel or resource of, of the magician. And, and, and by leaning into the fear, often that's where the, that's where the magic's waiting to happen. Anyway, yeah. that's a whole other yeah. topic. I, I was curious. I Oh, awesome! Yeah, I was really curious. Like, in a way, you 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 land for me as an an, an enigma in the sense that, like, like the underlying energy and feeling I pick up in you is more consistent with um, the realm of I don't know feeling, intuition, um, organic, unstructured emergence, something like that. And, and, and yet a lot of your language and your life experience and something that you have a lot of passion for is around logic and um, analysis and the right software and um, yeah. you know, your, your, your studies and structure and organization and so on. Um, yeah, and, 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 and clearly those are both there in you. And, and I've, I feel like they, um, they're in harmony, but I'd love, love to have you speak to that to, to what's your relationship with with feeling and intuition in relationship with logic and science and um, rigor yeah 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 so uh, my grandfather is a physicist and my dad is a is a doctor and so I grew up in a really scientific mm-hmm. household um and that my my grandpa and my dad were always posing puzzles for me and and stuff like that um mm-hmm. to challenge my logic and to Help me understand the world through through biology and physics, um, and they weren't really spiritual men, I have to say at all. Um, but my mother, my mother is incredibly spiritual, um, and so I think that I gravitated initially. Most of my life, I was just analytic. I just wanted to know the facts of things, and if, and I loved to argue. Oh my god, I love to argue. So it was really fun. You know, it's debate is just this great this great activity for some of us. It's an art, of course, as well. And I was refining the art of debate my, my whole life. And, that, and that's part of what the, the degree in philosophy helped me with as well, was kind of removing the, the emotional aspect of what debate is, because it's really hard not to attach your identity to your ideas. Yeah. Um, I think it's not intuitive for, for most of us, and it's not what we're taught to do either. Um, so I think that that, um, that is where I began, was as a more analytic child, um, even though I, I always saw myself as an artist for whatever reason. I love to write. I guess that's why I write I write poetry as a as a practice. Um, and I love literature. I'm a huge literary geek. But the thing is, is that when I was studying astrobiology and permaculture, I started this is a spiritual realm just started flooding into me for whatever the energy started flooding into me and flowing into me because I couldn't help but see these patterns in, in the astrobiology were patterns, just, just simple patterns, just even things that you just see in photographs, like these patterns of rivers look like from space that you take pictures of, of the landscape from space. And you see the way that water flows down a mountain face because it's, it's following these principles of gravity. And then you look at 
the way that energy is traveling through neurons in the brain or, or, or how galaxies are splayed in the sky. And there's these patterns that, that just, that I couldn't, yeah, I just couldn't unsee them. I was just like looking and I was just seeing these fractals repeating themselves across dimensions, across identities and seeing these fractals repeating and connecting. And, and then I just had a, an aha moment. And I just, I just realized that I had to cultivate my intuition, my emotions and my spiritual reality much more. And that's been, that's been the journey of about the last 10 years for me has been nurturing the, that side of my psyche and my soul, because I really didn't really didn't nurture it and really didn't appreciate it and focus on it for most of my life. I saw it absolutely as a weakness and something because I, I was, I was, ambitiously analytic i was i was coming from this background especially my grandpa who's a physicist who uh and he's agnostic and everything and and seeing and respecting him and understanding and and knowing that you don't need to have uh you don't need to have like a well thought out spiritual idea to still act like honorably in the world my grandpa had found his own his own reasons for behaving you know with honor and with respect to other humans and I always thought that was really beautiful that you could you could come to the same conclusions from from many different vantage points again again that's just like the theme of of what I love the most is that we can converge from we can converge from different starting points and from different landing points and um yeah, like that's that's basically my story. Is just like I was. I've always been really. That's always how I was described, and 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 how I uh, initially gravitated toward the realm of kind of putting emotions aside. Let's analyze arguments. Let's analyze systems for what they are and what they produce. And that's the value. And that's and that's everything. But the more I did that, the more I delved into the analytic and focused on the math and focused on the the physics. I couldn't unsee I couldn't turn away from the fact that the best systems the most holistic systems accounted for these emotional needs and these spiritual needs and included them and served them and catered to them without throwing the analytic stuff out the window either mm -hmm. and and so yeah it is it is enigmatic life is an enigmatic and and I am enigmatic and and I think it, that's the the connecting points again I want to connect things that seem opposing I want to bring them together I think that is a project a social project mm -hmm a psychological project, a metaphysical project is um, bringing to dualities into oneness and recognizing um, that they're serving one another and that that's, that's their role is to, is to balance each other out along the same continuum. Thank you. That was a beautiful, I really, I feel a lot of joy. I, I really appreciated that sharing, letting that wash over me and I find it, I find it hard to to not stop here. It feels like a beautiful place to pause this, this particular conversation. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'm, I might even make a note of, of many doors I have. I'm working on a book project to be, yeah, I'm really, really excited to, oh, I really, this, there was a, there's a lot of unknown here for me, a lot of uncertainty. Mm. Um, like I said, it was just a seed from the universe that kind of nudged the, the thing to happen. And I'm really, I feel a lot of joy to have discovered your existence. And, that, and I really feel the integrity, the authenticity of what you're saying when you are, you are yourself an experiment in being um, a harmonize, a harmonization or, or a, recon, a reconciliation of, of spirit and matter or however we word it, logic and intuition, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Thank Beautiful. you. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's been so much fun talking to you. I think that, 
a lot of times uh, the questions really make the, the interview. And so just having your energy and receiving what you're curious about is, is so great because I, I can tell that we're, we're very similar in a lot of ways and we're, we're very parallel in our interests and, and beyond just like the simplicity of permaculture, um, we've got all this other stuff going on as well in, in tandem with it. And that's just, that is exciting. That is joyous. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I felt a, it's almost like I discovered a, a hunger I have in myself for, in a way, like permission to to enter, enter to have more dangerous conversations, like to, to leave the realm of like, yeah, mm. we'll agree or we'll disagree a little bit to like, let's really go for it and really, you know, hone this and, and, and as you said earlier, to, to, to disassociate our identity from whatever ideas we're, we're kind of exploring together. Um, and the magic yeah. that come from that. So yeah, I feel joy for the potential of future uh, dialogue with you. Thank you so much for saying yes. And I'm really, I'm really excited to share this with the world. I'll get lots of links off you. And um, <laughs> yeah, get have a have a beautiful restful evening out for a full full productive day. Oh, thank you so much, Dan, and and to everyone listening. Thank you so much as well. Um, let's let's just continue to to grow. Lovely. And what you may as well save me putting it in the show notes or I can just like you know, sure. my website or whatever just give us a few links people can track down yeah yeah links. yeah please uh you can find me uh at, of course through my website newclimateculture.com and uh my email is eloisa e-l-o-i-s-a at newclimateculture.com uh, and uh on social media on instagram i am uh new climate culture and um yeah and there's just new things i'm releasing all the time i've got a great year ahead and if anyone wants to be a part of that don't hesitate to reach out i'm so like i'm so uh, a person who loves to chat and so a person who loves to share and such a social butterfly and and yeah so don't hesitate if anyone's shy uh, don't worry, uh, you won't be bothering me. I'm, I'm happy to do as much as I can, you know, within reason. If it's like a full consulting thing, uh, we have to negotiate that. But if it's just casual, yeah, let's start a conversation, absolutely. All right, but let, but let me um, let me get in touch and follow up with Alamis first business. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm, 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 I'm in the front line, just to make it clear. <laughs> nice. that's awesome. Thanks so, so, thanks right. so much for being in touch. Okay, bless. See you later.